Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 294. Woo-woo. Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he had a dream. He was a background actor in Game of Thrones, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the SPI Podcast. No matter where you're at in the world, I just wanna thank you and also excite you because today we're talking about 21 different places that you can include affiliate links. So if you ever wanna generate an income through the recommendation of other people's products and services and tools and software, this is the episode you're gonna wanna pay attention to because here you're gonna learn probably about all the different spots that you're not recommending products that you should be recommending products. Now, There are 21 different locations. You don't have to use them all. Some may be better suited for you and your particular audience than others, but I actually do all of these things and they work very well. So it's not to say that you should only pick one. I would pick many and of these, choose the ones that make sense for you. Now, before we get to that, we have been talking a lot about affiliate marketing this entire month. So go back to episode 290, episode 290, 91, 92, and 93. We've talked about all different aspects of affiliate marketing that is recommending other people's products, services, tools, software in order to generate a commission from the sales that you create as a result of that. It's the number one way that I've been generating an income over the number of years that I've been working as an online entrepreneur. And although I have my own courses now, although I have my own software company, I still highly recommend affiliate marketing, especially if you're just starting out because Check it out. There's products out there that already exist that can help the audience that you have or the audience that you are going to build. And so instead of spending time to create new products from scratch, sometimes you can just recommend a product that already exists. And if that product aligns with the needs and the wants of that audience that you're building, well, then it's going to be a perfect marriage and everybody is going to be happy. You're going to be happy because you're going to generate a commission the uh, customer or your audience will be happy because they're getting a product that will serve them. And of course, your relationship with that product and the product owner is gonna be great too, and things will flourish from there. So before I start with the first of 21 different locations that you can use to promote your affiliate products online and within your business, I just wanna say thank you to everybody who has already signed up for my brand new course. We're launching a beta program. This is the first time this course is launched, so you'll be able to get early access to me and the course material. This is gonna help you walk through the process from start to finish about how to generate an income 
through affiliate marketing, from selecting the right products to how to promote them on your website to not just the content in terms of where to promote them like we're gonna talk about today, but actually how to frame that pitch so that you can get people to purchase and click through that link. And then finally, how to follow up and make sure that everybody's gonna be happy after that. So if you wanna check this out, 123affiliatemarketing.com, that's where you're gonna go. You can sign up before the end of the week if there are still spots available. Um, And if not, well, you can sign up for the wait list and check it out when it comes back out sometime in 2018 next year. So go ahead and check that out, 123affiliatemarketing.com. And again, thanks to everybody who has already signed up for that. Okay, so here we go. The first, and this is, you've heard me talk about this before if you've listened to the other podcast episodes. This is the number one most profitable page on my blog, and that is the resource page. That's a page that you create over time, that you update, that you have the resources and links of the products, tools, services, and software that you've recommended elsewhere on the site. On the top of that resource page, and again, this is a page, not a blog post, but a static page that you have available in your navigation menu. You're gonna link to it several times in different places, just naturally throughout the course of your business. And again, like I said, this is organically gonna change. What does that page look like? Well, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash resources if you wanna check out mine. But at the top, you should definitely have featured ones, ones that are the ones or the products that are just gonna be the ones that make most sense for your audience to get, the ones that are most popular, the ones that are gonna help them the most. Start with that. And then as you go down, I mean, honestly, this can be a very long list. Break it down into different categories if possible. That way it's easy to scan. And this becomes a great resource. I remember people emailing me, thanking me for creating this resource page, which is kind of funny, right? Because I'm creating this so that I can recommend products to them. Um, and then, of course, they're purchasing those products and then uh, I'm generating, generating a commission. But at the same time, it's also helpful for them because if they trust you, they're gonna trust that you found the products that they need. And if they exist on that page and your audience knows uh, that page exists because you mentioned it in several different locations, well, then again, like I said, it's a win for everybody. So a resource page, you can call it whatever you want. You can be creative. You can have it to your own voice and to your own style, to your own brand. But I call it a resource page because people want the resources. People love tools because they feel like, and they know this, when they get, a tool, it's gonna help them save time, save money. And another recommendation for the resource page is just make sure you also include a little summary about what that tool is for. Don't just link to the tool and say, hey, go and check this out. Really be honest about how this can actually help them. Remember, what's in it for them? Then it's more likely that a person will click through. Now you can also include links to any articles or videos or interviews that you've done related to that particular tool. I recommend, for example, a product called Lead Pages on my resource page and throughout the website as well. But on that page, on the resource page, I also link to an an interview with the founder, Clyde Collins, and a few other things that um, relate to that particular tool as well. So that's number one, resource page. Number two, kind of similar but not, and that is the Start Here page. Some of you may not even have a Start Here page. What is a Start Here page? A Start Here page is a page on your website that people can go to to understand, okay, here are the first pieces of articles I should read, here are the first videos I should watch, here are the first sets of tools I should get involved with. You can check out my Start Here page uh, just right at the top of Smart Passive Income and you can see kind of how it's laid out. Again, it's it's not an about page. An about page is about, you know, you and what's in it for them and et cetera, but a Start Here page is really actionable. Hey guys, welcome to the site. I know there's a lot of stuff here here's what you should do first, start here. And that's really important because when you think about the lifespan of a blog, a blog is made up of a lot of just thoughts over time and those thoughts may not or shouldn't be consumed in that order that you wrote them, right? So how can you better serve your audience by 
rearranging that order and just sharing them, sharing with them the things that are most important, the blog posts, the podcast episodes, the videos, the tutorials, the recommendations. So those all live on your Start Here page. And so for that one, you don't wanna have an exhaustive list or grocery list of items like you do on your resource page. This is the one or two or three tools at most that you would recommend a person get started with. And like I said, with the resource page, make sure to include why. If you have any links or articles related to why that's important or how those things work or better yet, demonstrations of how you use those products, well then include them there as well. So that's the start here page, that's number two. Number three, this one may seem obvious, but maybe not so much because a lot of people hesitate to include this on their homepage and that's, well, I just said it, the homepage. So including resources and affiliate links on your homepage, again, I would treat it just like you would your start here page, not an exhaustive grocery list of just dozens of different tools, but the one or two top recommended tools that you wanna offer your audience when they get on the homepage. The homepage is the most visited page on your website typically, uh, and then because of that, people are gonna see that. And not everybody is going to purchase on that page. Actually, the conversion rate will likely be very low, but because they are getting introduced to it there, when they see it, it becomes an initial touch point so that when they see it again later, maybe on your resource page, on your start page, or in a blog post article, or listen to it in a podcast episode, well, they are reminded of that. A lot of times people take five or six iterations of hearing or seeing something before they actually take action on it. And if they see that this is a top recommended item on your homepage, they understand the importance and they can then perhaps down the road wanna make a purchase and follow through with that. So your homepage is the third spot. And again, I wouldn't include it necessarily all the way at the top either, but as people scroll down and start to get a little bit more uh, deep into what it is you have on that page, well then that's where you can include it and you can you can see examples of this on the homepage of smartpassiveincome.com as well. Okay, number four, evergreen or pillar content. What is evergreen or pillar content? This is the solid content on your website that it's called evergreen or pillar content because this is the stuff that's really gonna keep going for you and helping you over time, right? It's the, the like when you think of pillars in architecture, they are the things that hold up the roof, right? They, they are the things on top of the foundation that really show off what it is that this thing can do. That is your blog. So pillar articles, evergreen articles, those are timeless pieces of information that will be long lasting. And a lot of times we underutilize those. And a lot of times we write those and we don't even know their pillar content until we see the reaction or see how much is shared. And then you can always go back to them and change them later. You're gonna see in a lot of the other suggested areas or locations to include affiliate links that it means going back into time and actually updating things that have already been, in, um, been published. So same thing with your pillar content as you're writing it or if you already have pillar content, go back into time and update those things with recommended items because likely those are gonna be the posts that you have and the articles that you have published that are gonna be found more often than not through links on your own website, so through internal linking, through sharing. A lot of times people share these pillar content because it's a lot longer, because it's gonna be more in depth, because it's literally step by step uh, and just easier to consume. And then finally, search engines. Search engines love this kind of content because it really helps them understand what your website's about and it really is answering a lot of people's questions about that particular thing that you created pillar content about. It answers a very specific question and people are looking for those answers. And if that is the case, you're likely gonna be found in Google. Again, people will go through that page and if you have recommended items in there, it can definitely be a win, especially if it is naturally just included in that content as just part of the step-by-step -step process. Okay, number five, top 
performing posts. So go back into your Google Analytics or whatever analytical tool you are using, find your top posts, and if there are any items that you could potentially recommend within those top posts, and just start with the top five, just for now, you know there's traffic on that particular post. So utilize that. Include items that may fit in there. And again, make it organic, make it um, just make sense for what that content is. Don't just like pick a random affiliate item that you have and then put it in this random post that is performing very well. If it doesn't align, it's actually going to uh, devalue that post. But it can, if it aligns, make it even more powerful because not only are people consuming that information, but they are actually then taking action on that and potentially seeing results, which will bring people back to you. So go back into your Google Analytics, find the top performing posts, and then utilize those pages as places to recommend things. Easy enough. Okay, number six, in your email list autoresponder series. Uh, I love email autoresponders. This is something even, even now that I've been talking about email for years now, especially since getting on board with ConvertKit and sharing how easy it is to use that tool. By the way, if you want to use ConvertKit, smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit. That is an affiliate link. See what I did there? I just kind of added it in naturally in that podcast episode. Uh, That's going to be number, I'm looking at my list here. That's tip number 15. So we'll get to that in a minute. But see what I did there? Just including it naturally in a conversation. So email list autoresponder series. This is an underutilized tool just to begin with. It is a great way to write pre-written emails that then get sent out sequentially over time to brand new subscribers. It becomes an automated way to send people stuff. And of course, you always want that stuff to be valuable. Things that you recommend as a tool can be valuable, right? So it can also definitely be included in that. Now, if you are hesitant to just include recommendations for items within an email, well, then you can include links back to your resource page, your start here page, especially for those in your list who you know are segmented as just those who are just starting out. Evergreen pillar content, again, if you know that those pieces of content have affiliate links, well, then you can be even more uh, or even less aggressive using your email autoresponder series or email broadcasts and just simply send people to those pages and have those pages and the way you wrote them take care of the work for you and the selling, the quote selling of that item because it's naturally in those posts already that can help out. So having an email autoresponder series link back to your older posts, your top performing posts, your pillar articles, that's great. But you can also link directly to tools as well because people Hopefully on your email list, you know a little bit about them and so therefore you would know what tools would be best to serve them. Now I will say if you are selling as an affiliate Amazon items, so you are an Amazon associate, do not, at least at this point in time, link to your affiliate link for Amazon associate products within your email. That is against their terms of service and you do not want to do that because you're, you're, if, they, if you're caught, uh, your account will be shut down and it's just a hassle to get it back and some people cannot get it back. So don't do that. What I do in that situation is actually a good example of this is my book club. If you go to patsbookclub.com, you can sign up for my book club there. You'll get an email every month with a recommended book that I've read and kind of reviewed. And so what's cool is I send an email out, like I said, every single month that links to not that book, but to my book club page. And on that book club page on my website, that's where I have the affiliate link for that Amazon product, which of course is a book in this case. So you can do that. It could be also linked to on your resource page, just simply. You can mention the product in an email and then say, hey, if you wanna get this, go to my resource page. If you are a little bit more advanced, you can link to a particular anchor on that resource page. So you can have anchors at different points of your resource page, meaning 
you can link to the different segments of a single page on your website. I'm not going to get into technically how to do that, but it uses uses like a hashtag in the URL in order to create different uh, locations within a page. So if you, for example, were talking about a tool in an email that was mentioned on your resource page at the very bottom, you can actually link to that tool or link to that resource page and have it go, basically it automatically scrolls down and lands people there without having them to start at the top and then scroll all the way down. So that can help uh, too. So you can put that into place if you'd like. But again, what we're talking about email list autoresponder series and just make sure that in the email list autoresponder series that you create, this has nothing to do with affiliate links. This is just how to create a great email list autoresponder series. And that is A, make sure you provide a lot of value in that. And B, in doing that, also provide a lot of quick wins. Quick transformational wins means people will continue to open those emails and then they'll eventually see those recommendations or the links that you put back to your old resource page or any of the other pillar content you have on your website and you'll get more commissions as a result. Okay, so that's number six. Number seven, this is a even more underutilized strategy and that is putting affiliate links on your thank you page. One of the things that you should never do is have a dead end on your website. Meaning when people are taking action with you, you want to always continue that conversations, always continue that linking so that people can go deeper and deeper and deeper into stuff that you have to offer. And one of the most common dead end zones that people have on their website through the action that people take with them is a thank you page. So people may subscribe to your email list and they go to a thank you page. Well, that's a dead end because at that point, they have nothing else to do except either go back or have to find their way into something else without you actually specifically telling them what to do next. That's how you stop those dead ends. You are always directing people and not relying on them to figure out where to go, but you are directing them. Clear call to actions. And including a call to action on a thank you page is great, especially because when you think about it, people have just either signed up for something or subscribed or download something. The thank you page is a great place to really utilize that warm relationship that you've just built with that person and that tra- that kind of mini transaction that just happened and keep making that transaction going further. So one thing you could do is, you know, one thing I do, for example, is a lot of times, depending on where people sign up, they might download something. And when they download that thing, they go to a thank you page and it says, hey, by the way, if you want to deliver emails just like this, go ahead and check out ConvertKit at smartpassiveincome.com slash ConvertKit. Um, again, it keeps that conversation going and there's no dead end there and it gets people based on what the thing just happened. If you just kind of put a random thing in there, again, like I talked about with the uh, top, perform- top performing posts, if you just put random, seemingly random items and recommendations in posts that have nothing to do with that item, well, then it's not gonna work out. It's actually going to decrease the value and the perceived um, care that you have for that person. But the more it aligns, the better. So if there's a chance for you to include something on a thank you page, depending on the sequence that people are going through and what they're signing up for, well then do it. It's it's a missed chance if you're not. All right, so we're one third of the way through this list here. And before I move on to the second third, I wanted to do something here because I here's the thing, guys. When you create these list posts in podcast episodes or in videos, it's always great to kind of break up the monotony of going through the list every once in a while. And I think doing it in thirds here in this episode makes sense. And so I just want to take a little break really quick before we move on and tell you about something that's happening next year. Actually, in a couple episodes from now, you're going to hear about my plans for 2018. A lot of changes happening, some of them related to podcasting. So get ready for that. Don't worry, SPI and Ask Pat are not going anywhere, but you'll hear about those changes later. 
But I wanted to talk about something related to this whole like breaking up the monotony of this uh, episode thing. And that's because that's a tool and tip that I picked up from my new focus on YouTube. So I'm putting a little bit of more effort into YouTube and video next year. As many of you know, I have this video studio now uh, close to me here at home and it's decked out with all the latest and greatest uh, tools and cameras and lighting to make it easy for me to go and start filming things. And next year, you're gonna see a lot more episodes come out um, on YouTube, not SPI episodes, but episodes of different shows that I'm creating for the YouTube space. So if you go to youtube.com slash smart passive income, I would highly recommend you uh, subscribe because we got a lot of great stuff there. But one of the things I'm learning about YouTube is that it's a completely different audience in terms of you really need to get them to stay engaged with you. And there's a lot of tips and tactics that I'm learning in there that can also be applied to podcasting like this one of just you know having things break up the middle of an episode every once in a while to kind of re-engage, to have people kind of take a breath before moving on. Um, it's done a lot quicker in, in the YouTube space. Um, I'm also learning a lot about the importance of things like thumbnails and the, the, those are the images that you see before you even click into a YouTube video. Just so many amazing things. I went to this conference recently called Vid Summit, learned so much, met a lot of amazing people. I'm getting really excited about checking out more video and getting more involved into the YouTube channel. So more on that later, but make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash smartpassiveincome. And uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming, I, I promise. It's gonna be awesome, I cannot wait. Okay, let's go on and move to number eight. The number eight place that you can uh, recommend, a location that you can place an affiliate link would be within a webinar. So if you hold any webinars of any kind, especially if it's a free one, free webinars are great for promoting and recommending things because people are freely signing up and especially if there's no pitches, like really hardcore aggressive pitches for a product at the end, you are just giving value. Well, part of that giving value is potentially offering tools and items that you recommend. And these can be within some sort of step-by-step process that you're sharing, just like with some of the posts that you're probably creating. But the nice thing about a webinar format is that you are interacting live and people are seeing you as you're going. So what I would recommend, a kind of a hot tip for this, is as you are sharing or recommending these tools, literally show them how it works, show them what it's like to sign in and what they get when they're involved. If you could show any proof in relation to what this tool can do for them, how much time it's saving you, how much money you're earning from it or whatever, uh, show that. That's the beauty of a webinar. People will see it visually and those mirror neurons that are there firing in their brain, they're gonna almost get a taste of what it's like to actually use that product. So utilize webinars for the promotion of these products, even if the webinar is not necessarily about that product specifically. So webinars, plus you're also gonna potentially, if you're doing it, right and you are promoting it on, for example, Facebook as getting registrants, um, you can build your email list at the same time. So a lot of benefits to doing webinars. It's something I'm actually looking into. I'm exploring a, co- a cool tool that I found at a recent conference I went to. Um, the conference was converted 2017. That's the Lead Pages conference. And the tool that I found was called Demio, D-E-M-I-O. I'm not an affiliate for it yet because I haven't used it. Um, that's one of my rules, but it is something I'm, I'm exploring as a webinar platform, one that's just kind of up and coming, but was highly recommended by people over at ConvertKit and also Lead Pages. so I'm excited to check it out. That's Demio, D-E-M-I-O. All right, number nine, lead magnets. You can put affiliate links within your lead magnets. Now, just kind of as an aside, remember, whenever you mention an affiliate link, especially if you're in the US, make sure you're always honest and upfront about it. You wanna disclose that relationship and that you are earning a commission as a result. Um, And I actually like that because people will wanna know that you're 
you know, getting paid for one, but also they're going to be likely to want to help you out, especially if you've provided value. So again, number nine, lead magnet. And maybe it's one that happens before a person subscribes. What am I talking about? I'm call, I'm, call, I'm, I'm going to call this the reverse opt-in. This is, uh, I, I, this has been around for a while, but I remembered it watching a presentation at Converted 2017 recently. A reverse opt-in, this is still within number nine because it kind of is a lead magnet, but it's it's used in a different way. So this is a PDF file or some sort of giveaway that you give without asking for an email. And the idea is that it's so great that at the end of this lead magnet, on the final page of the PDF or the final call to action in that video series or whatever it is you're giving away, that is what then asks people to subscribe. So you're gonna get less opt-ins that way if you use a reverse opt-in method, but you're gonna get likely higher quality leads as a result. So you can include, again, within that lead magnet, whatever it is you're teaching or offering in there, you can include affiliate links to the different products that, again, will hopefully relate to that thing that a person is subscribing for or will subscribe for if it is a reverse opt-in situation. Now let's go into some more specific kinds of lead magnets here. So this is going to be number 10, tool guides. This is uh, one that was mentioned in episode 78 of the SPA podcast with Clay Collins. He said, you know what? People don't often want to download a 30-page ebook anymore. They don't want more pages to download. They just want the goods. And one of the things that you can do is create a one-page or a two-page PDF as a lead magnet that includes all the latest tools and equipment that people can buy or apps or something that inc- that's basically a tool. So this would be a tool guide. And what that is, is just a list of those different tools with summaries of each and then a link to go and get those things. And some of those may be affiliate links to those products. Now, what's great about tools is people just see that tool and they can believe that, well, when they get that tool, they're going to get the results. And this is why these tool guides are really, really powerful. So including the affiliate links for these tools that you're recommending and also having it as a lead magnet can help you get not just the emails, but also get the affiliate commissions from those tools as well. Now, if you are promoting tools, say, for example, that are on Amazon, um, you know, the percentage is going to be really small, but those things add up, right? And if they if they have a transaction with you, even through an affiliate link through a recommending recommended product like that, well, they're going to be more likely to take a recommendation of yours in the future tool. So this sort of serves for that purpose as well. Number 11, a quick start guide. This is great. So if a person downloads a lead magnet that's related to, hey, here's how you can get started quickly on this step-by-step process or this thing that I'm talking about. Well, again, you can have an affiliate link within that quick start guide. Number 12, checklists, same thing. This one's even easier to visualize, right? Just a checklist of items that people need to do to get from point A to point Z in that thing that you're teaching. Well, maybe G and uh, T and U are all links to affiliate links because those steps require that you get or purchase those things. Um, So again, you can include affiliate links on that lead magnet, which is a checklist. Okay, moving on from the lead magnets, number 13 here, you can promote affiliate products within your videos. And I've done this several times on my YouTube channel within certain videos, especially ones related to step-by-step processes or within a demo. So the ConvertKit demo or the ConvertKit uh, mention or affiliate link within my how to start an email list tutorial series, those make perfect sense and those are performing very, very well. Now, when you per- put those links into the, your videos, it's often smart to include visually what that link is as well. So you could say it, you know, smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit. But if you reinforce that with showing that link in that video too, it's going to make it that much more powerful. Plus there are, there are people out there who don't actually turn the audio on and they're listening to the subtitles. Um, just having it show up at the top 
of the page or the top of the video. The top works better because if there's subtitles, it's going to overlap. So that's why I recommend the top um, and try to stay away from the top, like the top right side or the bottom right corner because that's where YouTube lots, likes to put like watermarks and a few things. So upper portion, middle of the video, that's where you can include a visual of the link that you're mentioning. And again, like I said, always disclose and make sure that you're being honest with your audience and the FTC about that. Related to video, this is number 14. You can put a link in the description of that video, which you should. Any links or resources that you mention within a video, just like in a podcast, you should always have a link to that in the description. Now on YouTube, you can make that link an affiliate link. Um, Make sure that you check with the particular program that you're using. Um, I believe in Amazon Associates, that's totally fine. But in other places, there's potential that wherever it is you're getting that affiliate link from, certain people may not want you to do that, but just double check, first of all. But in most cases, putting a link in the description is gonna work out pretty well. Number 15, moving from video to now podcast, like I said earlier. So within podcast episodes, I think I've mentioned uh, ConvertKit a few times in this one already. And when it comes in naturally during conversations that you're having or in tutorials or stories that you're telling, it becomes a great thing. When it becomes pitchy, then it becomes something that you know turns a lot of people off. So make sure to try as much as possible to turn it into something that is organically included in a story that you're telling or in a process that you're sharing something step by step. Here's step number seven. You know, sign up for ConvertKit. My my affiliate link is smartpassiveincome.com/convertkit, and here's what it's going to make you uh, allow you to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you then you kind of explain what it does, and always make sure that, especially when on the podcast episode, because Remember, people are listening on the go. You really want people to understand why you're talking about this product and what it can do for them. It's not about you. It's about what it can do for them. You are just happening to share your experience with it and how it's helped you. Now, in addition to the podcast episode itself, and you wanna mention those links a few times, and there are ways to make those links easier to remember because remember, people are listening mostly on the go. So like what I did, smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit, that's using a WordPress plugin to make that affiliate link, which is often very long with a lot of numbers and letters, uh, making it short and pretty. And that tool is called Pretty Link or Pretty Links. I'm just using the light version to do that. So that takes that really long affiliate link and then scrunches it up into a nice one that I can create using my own domain name. So smartpassiveincome.com slash convertkit, for example. Or in some cases, especially for lead magnets that are still living on my website, but have a much longer URL. For example, if you go to emailthesmartway.com, that URL, which is just a domain that I purchased through GoDaddy for like 99 cents uh, or you know, 9.99 a year or whatever it is, um, that just forwards people to the page on my website where people can go and download that lead magnet. But it's much easier to remember and to hear. Um, that link itself could push through an affiliate link if you wanted it to, but what I'm doing is I'm pushing people to a lead magnet, which is a guide, and in that guide, that then includes those, uh, so that that's, goes into number nine, you know, including the affiliate link within that lead magnet, like I mentioned earlier. Um, number 16, show notes. So having links within the show notes, if you mention a link on your podcast episode, you should definitely have the link and have it be an affiliate link in your show notes. Number 17, you can have an email course. This is very simple. So instead of creating an online course, maybe you're creating an, a course as a, as a, as a a version of a lead magnet, not downloadable, but hey, you subscribe to this five-day course, and I've done this before as well. 
And within that five-day course, maybe you have to sign up or you can, as an option, sign up for something that's gonna help save you a little bit more time. And that email course can just be drip delivered one email after another, day after day for X number of days. And, and like I said, within those instructions, you can include a link to certain products or tools or software that you then recommend to help a person accomplish that goal. Related to that, number 18, you can have a challenge. Uh, Jadis Selner uh, is somebody who you may remember that name from simplegreensmoothies.com. She was on an episode of the SPI podcast a while back. She has now since built her own brand, jadaselner.com. And there she is building a tribe of world changers, which I love. And she talks a lot about these challenges. She actually has a lot of resources to help you create a challenge of your own too. So check out Jada, J-A-D-A-H, Selner, S-E-L-L-N-E-R.com. And she'll share with you how to create these challenges, which do a few things. One, they can help you build an email list, which she and her partner, Jen, were able to do at Simple Green Smoothies, um, basically using Instagram mostly to help promote these challenges that then helped them build their email list to hundreds of thousands of people, which is pretty insane. But these challenges not only help you build your email list, they help you allow your audience to experience small wins, to see the expertise that you have to share with them within a compact period of time. But also, within those challenges, there are opportunities to include affiliate links if those challenges happen to you know mention certain things. So I can I didn't take Jada and Jen's Simple Green Smoothie 30 Day Challenge, but I can rec- I can see in there, for example, affiliate links for you know, um, the Blendtec blender or Vitamix or, um, you know, simple ingredients from, you know, Amazon that I have to get that aren't available in the store. You know, you can have things like that within your challenges too. So, um, jadaselner.com challenges, this number 18, number 19, you can have affiliate recommendations in your courses. So if you sell an online course and you're sharing tools and products, don't be afraid to put affiliate links in there too. Now, obviously, you want to be upfront with that, not just because of FTC regulations, but you want to let people know that, hey, you are also you know, helping to fund the uh, customer service for this course and to help you know, make the experience even better by having these affiliate links in there. I always make, give people an out too. Um, most people always take the affiliate link, but I always say, and you know what? If you don't want to use the affiliate link, that's totally fine. Just go to that URL itself. But it's handier to go through that affiliate link. And plus, because you're just giving them that out, it just shows you that that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that they just get whatever it is that they need. Um, but like I said, most people will go through that affiliate link. So if there are tools and things that you recommend within your online courses, those things can be affiliate recommendations too. So that's number 19. Number 20, if you sell a physical product, this is a thing that I've never seen done, but if I had a physical product, I would also include some sort of insert or something that would also recommend products that were related to that, maybe things that could enhance that physical product or things that could complement it very well. I would build a relationship with other companies and have that relationship there. Now, it may be as simple as just including affiliate link or it may be something where I work out a deal with another company and say, hey, you know, I'm gonna promote your product within the packaging of my own because it complements it perfectly. And the way that we can track this is through a coupon code. So if you give me a coupon code, I can give a 20% discount to my customers and we can track that and we can share the revenue off of that. Uh, maybe in exchange, it's not an affiliate revenue, but they will help promote your product in their packaging too. There's a number of ways to go about it. You can be creative with it. So that's number 20 within the packaging of a physical product that you have. And again, make sure it relates because if it doesn't, that's gonna be weird and off-putting. And number 21, to finish off, if you do any coaching or consulting, and I've done this before, you can just 
simply say to the person you are coaching or the company that you're consulting, hey, this is a tool that I recommend we use or that you use because it'll help you with X, Y, and Z. It saves you time and money. And I have an affiliate link for this if you wanna go through it. I do get a little bit, bit of a commission bump as a result, but it's at no extra cost to you. And here's the link and I can help you get set up and get started with it right away. Woo, so there you go. We nailed down 21, we kind of sped up there at the end, which is okay. Well, a lot of them related to each other. So we didn't take a two thirds break, but that's okay. Here we are at the end of the episode. We went through all of them. I'm gonna go through them one more time really quickly, not summarize them, but I'll just give you the order. Number one, resource page. Number two, start here page. Number three, home page. Number four, your evergreen or pillar content. Number five, your top for performing posts. So going back into Google Analytics to seeing what those are. Number six, your email list autoresponder series. Number seven, thank you page. Number eight, webinars. Number nine, lead magnets. Number 10, specifically tool guides. Number 11, quick start guides. Number 12, checklists for lead magnets. Number 13, within videos. 14, the description for those videos. Number 15, within podcast episodes. Number 16, show notes. Number 17, email course. Number 18, challenges that you run. Number 19, your online or even offline courses. Number 20, packaging within a physical product that you have. Uh, And number 21, if you're a coach or consultant, just through conversation. So there you go, guys. Those are 21 different locations that you can include an affiliate link. Again, like I said in the beginning, you don't need to include an affiliate link for all of them, but the more you do, the more likely it is somebody's gonna see those recommendations and even if they don't purchase in one of those offerings that you have, they might see that recommendation somewhere else uh, in a diff- framed in a different way that may make more sense for them. So don't be afraid to put them out there. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, as long as you're honest, as long as they align, it's not gonna seem overly aggressive. Um, and of course, use common sense in, in this too. Now, I would recommend definitely starting this process going through these different locations on your website with your top recommended item just to see where it might make sense. Um, Some of you may even get encouraged to start creating lead magnets or videos or podcasts as a result of uh, this list. So you may have some affiliate products that can be scaled up. So again, just thank you again so much for checking out all the episodes here in November. If if this is the first one you're listening to, um, totally cool. Go back to episode 290. 290, we talked about my most successful long-term campaigns. Number 91, we talked about how to do a short-term JV campaign. So if a friend's coming out with a course or a product launch or something, how to really crush that. 292, we talked about the dark side of affiliate marketing and how to really do it right, how to not fall into certain traps that affiliate marketers do fall into. And the last episode, we talked about uh, some of my top performing affiliate marketing products specifically and why they did so well. So where on my website were they shared? What kinds of campaigns did I run? What do those look like? So that's episode 293. So whichever one of those you wanna start with, if you haven't listened to any of them yet, um, it's up to you. So this is episode 294. So of course, if you wanna check out the show notes and links to these other episodes and other things that we've talked about, just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 294. And I'm just, again, very excited and thankful for all the students who signed up for my new affiliate marketing course, 123 Affiliate Marketing literally gonna take you through the step-by-step process, three steps to take you from finding an affiliate product to then promoting it and then maximizing your sales with that. Um, And so I'm just gonna walk you through that process. Again, this is a beta launch, first time this course is ever promoted and I'm excited for it. So one, two, three, affiliatemarketing.com if you wanna check that out. And again, I'm just super thankful for your attention today. Cheers, guys, take care. And I look forward to serving you in December where we're gonna be wrapping up the year. And I'm gonna talk about some of what's coming next. 
Now, my birthday is coming up, actually. It is my birthday next week, um, and I have something special to share with you uh, based on that. So, again, thank you. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do that. And again, make sure you check out my brand new course, 123 Affiliate Marketing at 123affiliatemarketing.com. Cheers, thanks so much, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.